Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Praise God. So, the reference for this particular celebration, we have of Rosh Hashanah. It says in Leviticus 23, the Lord's instruction to Moses, speak to the children of Israel. Leviticus 23, 23 and 24 onwards. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. By the way, I do want to remind you, I have pray that each of you had time to give your tithes, minister your tithes, your offerings, go to give.allnationschurch.us and I've, uh, they gave me an offer, opportunity yesterday, day before yesterday to help raise funds for the, that beautiful work in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And it was so alive for me the opportunity, how Lord turns it around, that you give him that portion and he just multiplies at a hundredfold. It's from that scripture in Genesis where Isaac, that very land where some people are doubting, he sows and he reaps a hundredfold. That's a hundredfold. We'll take some time sometimes to talk about how what a hundredfold is. It's amazing how much, what an amount it is. And God wants to bless us with that and make an offering made by, made by fire to the Lord. And that's how they did it in the Old Testament. Here, we just bring to the house of the Lord, give our tithes and offerings. And in this very generation, I believe something amazing is happening in all the nations. It's um, really, I'm astounded by how many nations were affected, for example, by this COVID virus. But I believe it is in what the devil meant for bad. God is turning it around Amen. to turn the people yes. to him and do mighty works for on behalf of the people. Amen. 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 Um, I think that one of the, the beautiful things about this particular um, time of year is the prophetic significance and the reality that there is a shift. There is a shift. And in this current season, perhaps more than any other time in history, somewhat because of the world's population, and specifically because of the numbers of believers in Jesus Christ of all denominations and traditions and backgrounds who are praying, and many of them, many of us, fasting together 
at this particular time. It's astounding. There is a shift, and there is a literal, international, global turning to the Lord that the Holy Spirit is causing right now. And it's, it's very uh, reminiscent of all of the scriptures about harvest and all of the prophetic words about the Spirit of the Lord and His glory covering the earth and about the nations turning to the Lord and the, um, the, the great you know, harvest that will come. And the Feast of Trumpets is the feast in the Old Testament that signifies that time, that day. And we happen to be on the calendar, obviously, in that day right now. And there are a couple of things that I would like to remind us of that are not particularly in our regular, you know, subconscious or theological interpretation or thinking for those of us who uh, did not necessarily come up in a combination of deeply rooted uh, revelation from the Jewish traditions, the understandings of scripture. But for those of us who have a primarily Gentile and then many of us a Protestant background or even Catholic, our, our, the, the revelation that carried forward into the fullness, Christ being the fullness of the entire law of Moses that, that was carried and understood by Jesus' disciples, and obviously Jesus, the fulfillment of all of those things, but by his disciples and then those that they trained and then the first couple of centuries, all of the feasts of the Lord and their fulfillment in Christ and the anticipation of their reality in the kingdom of God, now on earth after the Holy Spirit had been given, after the completed work of Jesus, and then going forward until the day of his coming was something that was very holistic, very evident. So there are, there are things in our New Testament, for instance, and uh, several of the books there, that if we read them without that context also, we start at a different place on the compass and very easily end up at another place. I want to mention just a couple of them that literally are speaking in our New Testament about this day in the Jewish feasts, the Feast of Trumpets. And it will probably blow your mind because the two primary ones, in addition to uh, references, many of them in John's Revelation, the two primary references are, are in 1 Corinthians 15, speaking of the resurrection, and in 1 Thessalonians 4, that very famous reference to what has come to be called the doctrine of the rapture. But both of those scriptures were speaking from Paul, the Hebrew of Hebrews, and why was Paul chosen to go to the Gentiles? It was because he was able to say to the Gentiles who had no context of all of the redemptive preparation, the prophetic setup of God to come and be fulfilled in Christ completely for the restoration of the whole cosmos. The Gentiles had none of that light. The Jews had that. 
Salvation is of the Jews. And so Paul, that Jew of Jews, was sent specifically to the Gentiles that he might reveal to them the fullness of redemption ordained of God, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. But it was in context in those conversations and in their house meetings and in the synagogues and all of those things that we don't haven't necessarily experienced or been privy to in our lifetime. And I'm not talking about a return back to um, the Old Testament, but I am uh, referring specifically to these places in the New Testament. And let's see if I can, for instance, in 1 Thessalonians 4.15, where it says, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And that is specifically referring to the trumpet, referred to, described in Leviticus and in Numbers. On the seventh month, on the first day, you will blow the trumpet. And then, on, and that's the Feast of Trumpets. It lasts for those three days. And then there's this last great trumpet blast. And that is the last warning shot, if you will, the last wake-up call, if you will, because the Lord is at hand. And that refers directly over to the parables of, of the many times when Jesus spoke about the thief coming in the middle of the night. And he said, watch and be ready. The parable of the ten virgins, the wedding feast, all of that is directly connected to what was originally revealed as the Feast of Trumpets. So that's what makes this time, for those of us who are believers, such an exciting and important time because it is our day of anticipation. And those trumpet blasts had specifically, had specific uh, designations during the Feast of Tabernacles. First of all, it was for the crowning or the coronation of the king. So all of the prophetic announcements and all of the fulfillment in John's revelation about the crowning of the king and about the elders casting their crowns before him, it was referring to the sound of the recognition when that trumpet sounded at Rosh Hashanah the king is coming. The king, his coronation day, is at hand. So this is a wonderful time for us. And in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 8 and verse 2, I think it is, it names, and this was, as Pastor Mahesh said, the, the coming back from exile, the promise of Jeremiah, bringing my people back from exile in that wonderful day that was prepared. And in Nehemiah 8, in Nehemiah 8 and verse 2, they suddenly, after a long period of exile, they were back. They were back in Jerusalem. They were rebuilding the wall. They were repairing the breaches. You remember all of that. And they found themselves on the Feast of Trumpets from the Old Testament, the seventh month, the first day, when they're supposed to blow the trumpets. And do you know what they did that day? They brought out the Word of God. And they reread it in the town square before the water gate. It said the whole uh, congregation came together as one. Say as one. As one. So as we're fasting and praying 
and taking communion together and lifting up praises and declarations of awakening. Awakening because the Lord is at hand. The crowning of the king is here. On Nehemiah's uh, day, do you remember? The people, when they heard the word, they started weeping. And they were weeping probably for longing, for remembering the old days. They were weeping for finding themselves potentially having forgotten the word of God, forgotten the law of God. They were mourning for their sins and passing. Do you remember what he said? This is not a day to grieve. This is a day to rejoice. They were in the middle of one of the greatest battles and greatest building times of their generation. One of the greatest moments in the history of Israel. One of the greatest moments of the redemptive revelation of God for Israel. And Nehemiah told them that day, you need to rejoice this day because there is something supernatural about the joy of the Lord. So we want to receive the joy of the Lord in this season. And the trumpet blast is another one of those sounds of hope and anticipation and the joy of the Lord. And there was a particular, there were, there were two different kinds of sounds that the trumpets would make, and each had a voice that had a meaning. And one of them was called the tekiah, and that's the long one, the long one that extends through the other blowings that occur, but that long one that extends the tekiah. And each one of those blasts had a message in it. And there were three principal messages. Pastor Mahesh already referred to um, those in, in the Lamb, but the first one was announcing the coronation of the king. The second one was referring back to Abraham on the mountain and God's provision, God's provision in the Lamb. God's provision in the Lamb. So at this time... <laughs> We are entering in prophetically in a declaration concerning the coming of our bridegroom, concerning the fact that there is salvation in no other name but Jesus, rejoicing over the fact that he has provided atonement. And the third one was deliverance from darkness and specifically referred to in the book of Leviticus the sacrifices offered on that day with the great trumpet blast was something called the hatat offering, the purgation or purging offering. And it was understood that the blood of that offering literally had a power to undo the otherwise radioactive power of evil and sin, and it would literally drive that out. So this is literally an announcement about deliverance. It's the fulfillment of what Jesus said in his prayer, deliver us from evil. That's Rosh Hashanah. That's the trumpet announcement. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And what I would like to just mention to all of our watch family around the world and here is that uniquely on Friday night during the watch, as we opened the watch with the announcement 
the joining in together with Jews and Christians all around the world of the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets and sent a blessing out about three-quarters of the way through the watch. We had trumpet blowers here, shofar blowers, but about three-quarters of the way through the watch, all of us heard it. There was a trumpet blast, and we were all looking around because the particular uh, pitch of that blast was not any of the trumpets that we were familiar with. So, you know, we get visitors, they bring shofars, and we were looking around. Soundboard was trying to figure out, did something go wrong with the sound? We've got this, with this particular kind of high-pitched note going continually. And worship band, well, I was looking around, Sarah was looking around. We were trying to see who was blowing this blast. Well, I was in that area, and it came from high and behind me, but Sarah was at the sound booth, and she turned around and looked up, thinking it was coming from somewhere behind her, but it was a distinct, long blast of a shofar. There was no blower that we could see, and no shofar that we could see, but it was an audible sound. So... The Lord, in his beautiful mercy and glory, Amen. gave us crazy watchmen a wonderful confirmation that heaven's armies have gathered in answer to the prayers of generations joining with the prayers of this generation and this time and season. So be encouraged. Don't grieve or mourn, not over COVID, not over economic stuff, not over the difficulties we are facing, not over the trouble happening in our cities, not over the anticipation of difficulties around this election, not over anything. This is a time for the people of God to lead the way in the spirit, announcing the bridegroom is at hand. Jesus, the king, is victorious. He is about to be crowned, and there is going to be a great and marvelous harvest with rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Amen. By the way, in this context, I do want to remind you again that we have a unique conference. We are going out there and really believe that this is part of the extension of what yeah. God's going to do. It's this conference called Beautiful Glory. Yeah. But we have some of the great artists, musicians, and works of art, things like that, that it'll quicken different areas of your life. And so make sure that you invite friends to come. It's a unique gathering, and I'm just so looking forward to that, and many of you are anointed in that area, you may not know, but this would be a good time to explore these different other arenas of functioning that in that teaching, the great teaching of the seven mountains, that God's commission is for us not to just go on one mountain, but take the mountain of the arts Take the mountain of music. Take the mountain of creativity. Uh, so remember that. The other 
thing I wanted to just, it just kind of hit me is, as you were talking about the different scriptures, one of them that really hit me, of course we know it, but I wanted to underline it again, is that it was Jesus himself. The, the words are in red, but he's, it is Jesus who says, salvation is of the Jews. And you would think, wow, this is kind of like a, if you are uh, in a majorly, uh, you're influenced by this, the humanistic kind of thinking, you would say, how, this is, sounds a little bigoted. Salvation is only from the Jews. No, it could become from the Hindus, so it could come from, you know, that whole theory, well, there are so many ways of coming to, to God. No, sir, that the word tells it very clearly for us. I, you know, there are many wonderful ways that people have tried to reach God, but God himself has made a pathway for us. It is through the Jews and, he, and the great Jew, the premier king of kings and lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself <laughs> brought salvation Glory, for Lord. every tribe. Every language. Amen. Amen. So Amen. let's say together salvation. Salvation is of the Jews. Is of the Jews. Praise the Lord. And we give praise. And we give praise to the chief Jew. To the super Jew. Super Jew. <laughs> the king of glory. The king of glory. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Give Amen. him a big clap. We thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Mahesh, if you'd give me one moment, I just want to also give you a report um, of one of the other missional, um, excuse me, outreaches. And um, t t what's, What is a moment? Is that five minutes? It, it, no, it, oh. it will be a moment. <laughs> just like Pastor has returned from Tennessee, I also just returned from Washington, D.C., where we were uh, a part of supporting, joining with Great Women for a Great America, Andrea and Jim Lafferty in Washington, D.C., for 50 days to bless on Lafayette Square, a literal 24-7 watch, prayer, fasting season that is leading all the way up through the election. Lafayette Square sits literally at the boundary of the, the lawn of the White House and at uh, Pennsylvania Avenue where Black Lives Matter Plaza is. So it's literally the, the, the um, intersection right now, not only in the natural, but spiritually of many, many things that our nation is facing, many questions that we're wrestling with, and many of the things that are hanging in the balance for every family. And so I was able to go there. I was asked to help to uh, kick off that watch, which we did. We had an amazing time. Um, I can tell you that the, the big siege that was was supposed to be planned, a big demonstration between uh, us and the White House didn't come off, and um, that was pretty good. We were, we were quite happy about that. And then also, we were able to minister to a lot of folks who 
are coming now to the um, Black Lives Matter slogans that are painted in many cities and finding um, a, a kind of place of uh, meditation and, and thoughtfulness and renewal. And we were able to also walk that plaza and pray and intercede to the Lord. And so this is a critical time in our nation. And I'm so, we're so thankful for the fact that God really is leading the way. The church is arising, and it's beautiful. And to some degree, in the same regard, it's absolutely crucial for believers in every city and city region, and particularly city centers for the region of your states, to be alert and listening to the Lord. I want to invite you all once again, October 3rd here in Charlotte and the region around Charlotte is absolutely crucial. It is a day of intervening intercession by the church for this region and specifically um, there will be coming out this week, there was a great tragedy in January. It involved uh, a, a death of a prisoner in custody in our local police department. And we are, the, the public is going to be seeing the videos. It would be very disturbing. So our city is going to be exposed now to something, a tragic event that happened in January. And this event, we've been asked for the church in the city to lead the way to bring the whole city together to intercede, to intervene, to pray for healing, for forgiveness, for restoration, reconciliation, and for our citizens, our communities, and law enforcement. So I'm asking you, October the 3rd, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock at Marshall Park, please, you and your neighbors, it's crucial that we come together. There are going to be many city leaders, particularly many of the fathers and elders from the African-American community that will be leading us in prayer, and we will also be participating and helping with some of the worship. So please come on that day. Very important for our city. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Well, this is a real, in our lives, it's very notable, this part of the year, of course, we love Easter, we love a lot of, we love Christmas, but this season of Rosh Hashanah and going on to Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles, we have spent many years in Jerusalem celebrating the season. It is a very notable season. I believe it's some major spiritual stuff is moving, but I believe it's moving on behalf of God's people. Yes. But we just need to keep pressing in just a little bit more where prayer and fasting is concerned because I just am so grateful that we see the grace of God. Uh, I see it over so many lives. And so let's keep pressing in and it is. It's a day of salvation. It's a day of turnaround. It's a day of revival and glory. And it's happening across the nation. We see the move of, from dark sources that would create mob violence and, uh, and hurt and pain and anger and yeah. dissension. And on yeah. the other hand, 
God is moving and there is great love and revival and glory coming over our nation. So we want to keep just pressing in a little more. Yes. And we're grateful for so many of you joining us as a community to pray fast and believe for revival across this land, healing from all and any virus, that this will be of no effect, the virus, and that we will see a great awakening. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, amen. Well, let's stand up. Hallelujah. I invite the you, worship team. Glory to God. Haven't you enjoyed the music? Wow. I mean, it's... Give them a clap, will you? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray. It's, we're at a place. I'm so glad to see each one of you. And we are doing what we are able to do. We, are, we have to still respect some of the guidelines they've given us. So we're kind of feeling our way through where... I would so love for us to be able to lay hands on people and pray and healing, but we have, I want you to understand that there are still some restrictions that we are kind of just finding our way around those. So be patient in that area. But it's so good that whatever the enemy has tried to do, God gives us grace and more grace and I'm so proud of God's people here and overall the corporate Father thank you Amen put your hand on your heart Father I pray encouragement anointing for each family Lord this is a time of the blowing of the trumpets the trumpets of victory breakthrough miracles healing and we speak healing across all over, wherever our word, voice is heard, may glory and healing come to every family, every household, every individual. Come, Holy Spirit, anoint, refresh, give revival in the name of Jesus. Commission all the people by your might and your power, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As you leave we have a little gift for you and I invite each of you to partake and it's a little bit of honey and the word of God says gives you a promise for the whole year and it says in Psalm 65 Lord you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Some versions say, may your paths drip with honey, but that it's symbolic of abundance. So, so say with, after me, Lord, Lord, you're crowning the year. You're crowning the year. With your goodness. With your goodness. And your paths. And your paths. And my paths. My paths. Drip. Will drip. The whole year. The whole year. With abundance. With abundance. 
You are the source, Lord. You are the source. Abundance. Abundance. Amen. Give Amen. the Lord a big clap. Thank you. So make sure you take that candy of honey. Praise God. Hallelujah. I haven't had my candy yet. <laughs> Shana Tova. That's the greeting, by the way. Turn to someone and say, Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Means Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Glory to God. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.